Hi, I'm Eric Dewey from the Socially Awkward Studios, Science and Beer, and Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. And you're listening to another proud presentation of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Check out more shows at foureyedradio.com. Hey there, Eric here from Socially Awkward Studios. And this Four-Eyed Radio presentation is being proudly brought to you by Raven Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit ravencruise.com. At the dawn of time and space, our universe was born. A system of beautiful elegance, both simple and complex. A remarkable work of art spread across a canvas of stars and darkness. And beneath the ethereal beauty of our universe lay a dormant living energy source known as grid energy. For countless generations after the discovery of the grid, a complete understanding of the phenomenon has been shrouded in mystery. Throughout the cosmos, very few individuals have been able to truly master this energy for practical use. But that all changed when the grid was channeled to forge five coins of power. These power coins enabled their users to imbue themselves with the raw, untapped energy of the grid. A noble warrior and sage from the planet Eltar discovered the power coins and pledged his life to the study and protection of them out of fear that the coins would fall into the wrong hands and be used as weapons. Because despite all of the enlightening and wondrous miracles that are possible within our universe, it is still a breeding ground for tyranny, tragedy, chaos, and strife. Today on the Power Hour, episode 46, Ranger Nation interview, Cisco Davis Jr., Zordon of Eltar, <laughs> and Teenagers with Attitude Update, recorded on July 8th, 2015. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Some Ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as the Cinema Slob. This episode is brought to you by Revenge Lover, illustration and designs that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. Today, we are welcoming back Cisco Davis Jr., creator, director, writer, and producer of the recently released Power Rangers fan film Zordon of Eltar and the previously released Teenagers with Attitude short film. Big welcome back to Ranger Command, hey. Cisco. Nah, thanks for having me. I like being on the show. I like listening to you guys. Oh, thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you back. And man, you must be so happy that Zordon is already out there. Yeah, I, I actually am really happy that it's like finally behind me. You know, uh, mm-hmm. like it's like a tremendous weight has been lifted off my shoulders and you know, I can kind of sit back and think about other stuff and not have my life consumed by one thing. You know. <laughs> yeah, because this time last year was when we first had you on the show. Mm-hmm. And that's when you were kind of neck deep in editing. Yeah, um, yeah. It was like still piecing it all together. Like the process, I mean, when I started this whole film or mm-hmm. when i started zordon of eltar i did not know how to do visual effects at all so i was still doing a lot of learning and you know i just kept learning new things so just my way of approaching the project kept evolving and so there are yeah. some things that i had to like do over again or just yeah, yeah it was it was a mess <laughs> <laughs> the last few months mostly consisted of me just staying up really late 
I had like no social life whatsoever, unless like Game of Thrones was on or something or Walking Dead. <laughs> um, that was, yeah, I gauge my productivity based on how much I can get done before Game of Thrones started. So, no. <laughs> so I mean, that's all I was. That's all I ever did. Yeah, I was just staying up late. I watched the movie like a million times. So, mm-hmm. you know, just, just constantly watching it and figuring out where I could tweak this or where I could tweak that. And it just get to a point where I could be okay with moving on to something else. Um, yeah. Yeah. And other days, you know, I felt like it like looked like crap and I just, you know, try to fix it. <laughs> I know most artists are their own worst critics oh, yeah. when it comes oh, to this yeah. kind of thing. But like at the end of the day, sometimes I'd just be like, you know what? The fans will like it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good enough for me. <laughs> In relation to that, what was the most challenging part for you with the editing process and also the most complicated visual shot of the piece? That's a tough question because, mm-hmm. like I said before, my process in approaching this project was it kept evolving. I want to say around December, I got a whole new – I upgraded my the software that I was using to do the, the effect shots. And okay. it made it a little bit more easy to you know do what I was doing, but it just opened the floodgates for – how much more detail I can do for certain shots. And I'd say the number one hardest thing that there's two hard, there's two really hard things, but the okay. hardest thing is that you could spend days working on just one shot. Yeah. I didn't have that luxury. So there would be a time where I would just get enough done. Let's see what I can get done in a day and, and you know, move on and not really look back. That was the hard part because, you know, when you're watching guardians of the galaxy or star Wars, there's teams of hundreds and hundreds of people doing oh, yeah. visuals. Whereas for Resort on Veltar, I was doing all the visual effects shots, and I would get help from the two guys that did animation stuff for me, things that I really couldn't do. I can animate a ship flying in the air and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I can't animate a dragon sword. All I did was just plop it into the shot and make the stuff blown up around it. Right. <laughs> you know, that's all I could do. And mm-hmm. It's just hard. I wish I could spend all that time to do that, but I really couldn't afford to. And the other really hard thing was the fact that none of my actors met each other. That's the best <laughs> way to put it. <laughs> One of the reasons, probably the main mm-hmm. reason, it took Zoran of Eltar so long to get done. Granted, I was working on it for a year and a half, but one of the reasons it took that long to get done was because the actress schedules wouldn't jive. There'd be some days where, you know, I might have two or three people there. But that was only for Rita, Scorpina, and Goldar. The actress and actor who played Rita and Zordon, they'd never met each other. Zordon never met the actress who played all five. The real, real hard part, the time-consuming part, the most tedious part, was piecing together these scenes with performances from people that Mm. weren't there on set. It would have been so much more streamlined and smoother if they were there that day. The footage that I was using actually had both actors in it. So that's why I made sure in the credits... I made it known that, hey, these are two separate shots. Oh, yeah. When I saw those visual effect shots that you put at the end in the credits, I was blown away because I didn't realize how complicated this was for you. Just to to give you an idea, like Diva Talks and Elgar were filmed nine months apart, just to give you an idea. That's insane. Yeah. Basically... What I had to do was, like, when I filmed it, I just 
had my little stick figure storyboards. Make sure you're looking in this direction. 90% of the time, everything was on point as far as where their line of sight was and everything. But it was a huge learning process. But that's why it's a good thing. If, if you pay your actors, they might be able to show up when you need them to. So <laughs> that's why Zora of El Toro was a passion project. Uh, everybody was volunteering. Moving forward, I know I definitely want to be on point with that stuff. It could be a little easier for me in the end. <laughs> well, I have to give you props because all of that turned out seamless. Just looking at the film, you wouldn't know that that's two different shots of two different actors at two different points in time. So props <laughs> to your editing on that. Definitely. I have to ask you, isn't 100% of this film basically a visual effect? Yeah, like there, the whole, the there, whole there's thing. There's a visual is. effect in the, the whole thing, yeah. That's why I tried to tell people, like, hey, why is it taking so long, you know? Every single frame has been processed. There was supposed to be, like, a fight scene in there. I won't get into any drama or anything, but okay. there was a there was a fight scene that, that we, you know, we had to practice and rehearse. I was ready and willing. Crazy editing that would be needed to get that fight scene done. There was a point where I had conceded to shoot that on location somewhere, and then that ended up just not happening. So I just cut it from the films. I got tired of dealing oh. with it. Yeah, it's all one VFX shot. <laughs> that just blows my mind. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so we actually have a question from one of our listeners, Luke Ewerly at undead underscore NO9. And he said, what made you decide to use the white tiger emblem for everything Zordon related and the dragon Zord emblem for Rita? This is more of a throwback to the TV show. I knew that I wanted this fan film to be a complete reboot. So if this were to ever go forward, I wanted to establish something. And I knew that if I was the White Ranger, in my mind, I imagined it being some sort of tie to Zordon because, you know, he created the power coin for it. Right. So, and I didn't like the idea that did he just pull it out of his butt, you know, what the <laughs> designs look like and everything. You know, I just, it didn't sit well with me. Even mm-hmm. when I was a kid when I was watching this, I was like, things like that were going through my mind. Like, why does a white ranger look like this now that i'm an adult i was like well maybe the tiger sword emblem was like a coat of arms for his people or his family or his you know his house Mm -hmm. channeling the game of thrones right there (laughs) but um i just wanted symbolism i had to deal with the way zoran was in the past and as far as uh, rita i knew that i wanted her people to be have that dragon symbol her people Mm -hmm. into war have a flag with that symbol on it you know so that's why i gave it a tattoo on her cheek yeah i like the whole concept of the dragon empire i thought that was really unique and one of my favorite parts about the whole film or actually one of my favorite characters uh was saba Uh i just thought (laughs) the comedic timing that he had i loved his design because you could see that the elements that would later be seen in the sword and i also like the fact that you carried those design elements into zordon's armor and the ship and so it just felt very cohesive but i just thought saba was hilarious the dynamic that he had with alpha was really funny i really enjoyed that yeah saba actually turned out to be my favorite character while i was writing and plus somebody else was originally doing the voice for saba and Instead mm-hmm. of having her come all the way up to do the voice all over again, I just had my brother do it real quick. And some of Saba's lines are ad-libbed. My brother's <laughs> a hilarious guy, and I kept him in there. There's so much more I could have added, but you know, I didn't want to make it any more longer than it could have been. But yeah, Saba <laughs> I, is definitely one of my uh, favorite characters. I think one of the most hilarious lines that he had was when he questioned Alpha's I.I.I. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fans asked if Alpha was going to say I, I, I. And like me, I'm 30 years old now. And even back then, I was like, oh, this is a little ridiculous. But, you know, it's Power Rangers. It's meant for kids. It's supposed to be kid-friendly. It's supposed to be fun. I was like, I need to figure out a way I can get it in here without it being too ridiculous. And like, let me make a joke out of it. And so that was, mm. that's how I did it. <laughs> This whole film was packed with Easter eggs. There was Count Dragon on the council who would become the major enemy in Mass Rider. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, the king from Mass Rider. Yeah, there's a mention uh, of Lexian. Yeah, Lexian. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And the alien races, and you had a Triforian there. Yeah, uh, there was also Demetria, Larigo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. To me, at, like, at least in my opinion, when you're yeah. when you make a fan film, it's all no holds barred uh, fan service. So when I was creating this, I just wanted to pack in as much as possible without going too overboard. You know, like I wanted mm-hmm. to make it fun for a Power Ranger fan to watch, be able to pick out little things. And Easter eggs was definitely one of the ways I did that. I even added some Easter eggs that weren't easily noticeable. If you Watch again and you see when Ubitox gives a location or where, you know, she knows Rita's sort of been hanging out. When he flies away, it's like for a split second in that camera angle when it's like showing the ship about to take off, the way I position the camera for Divatox's ship and Zordon's ship looks like just like the Starship Enterprise. And I put that on the, I, oh. I put that um I put that angle in there on purpose just because, you know, I'm a huge Star Trek fan and you know, hey, let me like sneak that in there. <laughs> and that's one little that's one little Easter egg. Uh, another is well, shoot uh, it, me being the Trekkie, I should have noticed that right away. <laughs> well, well, if you watch it again, like skip to that part, and um, okay, yeah, you will totally see where I had it um look like the Starship Enterprise. Another oh, is like so- you know, I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan, so I had like Saba make that clever girl line. You know? yeah, 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 and. That, that was perfect timing with uh, the Jurassic World release. Too. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Another little hidden thing, I don't. People didn't really tell me too much about it, but I do know that after the whole explosion, you know, with the time warp and whatnot, I showed a shot of like the Earth and the Moon, and like for a split second, right before the camera cuts to like the exterior shot of the command center, you see the a crater impact on the Moon from Rita's trap device landing on the Moon. So for for a very split second, you'll see that lots of Easter eggs around there. Did you come up with all the Easter eggs yourself, or, or did you consult anyone, any fans, or, or Ranger Nation? For the Easter eggs, not so much. I want to say, like, especially in the beginning, I had uh, people that I consulted, like Chris Fanero and mm-hmm. Dan Romano. Like, more so because I stopped watching Power Rangers after the Zordon era. I did not know a lot. So I basically, you know, they were my go-to people, especially in the beginning, you know, a year and a half ago when I kind of like went public that I was doing a fan film. And I was just like asking mm-hmm. things like, what does this do? And, you know, I was, yeah, I was just because <laughs> I was like pretty much a noob. I did like uh, the throw in mention to SPD in there. That yeah, was... yeah. That was more of a nod to my youngest brother. Oh, OK. He was a big fan of SPD. I never I never really watched it. Like I remember like one Thanksgiving, he like forced me to watch a couple episodes. <laughs> on Netflix or something, but you know, I really threw that in there as a nod to him because I thought he'd think that was cool. But yeah, yeah, I never really watched it. But I was like, hey, let me throw that in there real quick. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I totally accept that headcanon now that Space Patrol Delta is more of an intergalactic policing 
Yeah. Even back 10,000 years ago. I, I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> we also have another question, and I believe th- this was the actor who portrayed uh, Count Dragon, yeah. uh, Ryan Permizen. And he asked, have past cast members from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, have they watched Zordon of Eltar or Teenagers with Attitude? And if so, uh, what have they said to you about them? Um, the, the one person I will, like, 100% confirm and that I can like speak on that matter is David Fielding. Mm-hmm. He did do the voice for uh, King Mondo in Zordon of Eltar. He actually contacted me after we had released Teenagers with Attitude. He said like, hey, what you're doing is really cool and let me know if I can, if there's anything I can do to be a part of it. I like what you're doing. And I told him like, hey, you know, we like, we were thinking about doing a sequel to Teenagers with Attitude. Would you like to be a teacher or something in the Angel Grove? And we can like try to figure out some transportation for you to get up here. And he's like, oh, sure. And then a couple months ago, I said, hey, we mm-hmm. have this character, uh, King Mondo. Would you like to do the voice for that? And he said, sure. And that's how we got him on there. But he saw it and he said I should be really proud of what I did. And he thought it was cool. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Yeah, we've had David on the show a couple months ago, and he's just an awesome guy. Oh, yeah, amazing. The the way that he interacts with the fans is is pretty great. So it was really cool. You guys did a behind-the-scenes that I saw, which talked about making King Mondo's voice and kind oh, of yeah. mixing that all together. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was fascinating, how it just all came together mm-hmm. with his voice and, and the layered process. Will there be any more types of those videos like behind the scenes yeah, or we, making of yeah we plan to do you know for the backers for the original story on Veltar, but we're putting together the like dvd materials and stuff and they will get first dibs on the rest of them look like but i know i want to have like commentaries and interviews we already have cast and crew interviews and stuff that we've done well over a year ago that are just sitting in the can waiting to be put together and any other little odds and ends here i know we have some videos for how some of the props were made and costumes and it'll be yeah it'll be cool all right nice we have uh luke again with another question and he asked what plans do you have for teenagers with attitude 2 he said i noticed a female wearing green in the trailer he said that'd be awesome yeah teenagers with attitude 2 is a very interesting topic these days I've always wanted to do a Power Rangers movie. And yeah. Teeters with Attitude kind of teased at it. Zordon of Eltar, I went into that knowing it's not a Ranger film. I want it to be a Zordon film. I'm hoping Teenagers with Attitude 2 could be a Ranger film. Straight up, kids show up and there's danger. When the trouble escalates, they morph. And, you know, I wanted to make Teenagers with Attitude 2 a reimagining of the Green with Evil saga. Mm-hmm. And I knew that Teenagers with Attitude 2 would be my last fan film. I feel as though I'm yeah. pretty much ready to, like, start moving on and, like, doing uh, real movies, legit movies that I can do things with. So I wanted to go all out, and that's why I tacked on the White Rangers. I have a story that can involve the creation of the Green Ranger power as well as the White Ranger power. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I wanted to make it into a web series. And right now, the story, the way I want to do is like about four 30-minute episodes and try to wrap it all up. And I did want a female Green Ranger because nothing against like Jason David Frank or anything like that. I mean, right. he's, he's cool. He, Tommy's cool. Everybody's favorite Ranger. But I did these fan films because I want to 
show the fans something different. I wanted to create that alternate perspective on right. the Green Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's cool that, in a way, having a, a female Green Ranger, it also balances out the team yeah, uh, that, gender-wise. Yeah, yeah. Before I decided to add the White Ranger portion mm-hmm. to the plot, yeah, I wanted to have the team's balance. So, like, I remember when I was younger, I'm like, why is there four boys and two girls, you know, like, why can't there be, like, right straight down the middle? Like, if you're a filmmaker, I guess, you ask a lot of yeah. questions about the movies and shows <laughs> you're watching. But yeah, that's one of the things I thought would be cool to do. Right now, you have a Kickstarter going on. Uh, when this episode releases, there will be uh, exactly two weeks left in the funding. I definitely hope you reach your goal, because I would love to see this become a reality. I think what you have planned for this sounds great. Uh, just watching the video that you guys have on your Kickstarter, I'm really excited for the project. It'll take a miracle, a morphin miracle, to reach our goal. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of partly take some of the blame for why we're having lackluster performance, fundraising-wise. I'm guessing that... I, there are probably a few factors that I won't go into too much yeah. detail that are that have to do with this, but I do concede that maybe I thought that the way some other fundraisers might have gone, you know, maybe we were in the clear to like at least get this off the ground. But hey, there's a new movie coming out, an official movie coming out. There's other fan films in the works, so. I mean, it's all good in the end. And I, and this is something that I yeah. talk, talk to the cast about. If mm. we don't get the funding for this project, there's other stuff I can do. I'll just retire. I'm just going to retire early from fan films. That's all. And, you know, do my, <laughs> do my, um, original stuff. And the next project that I am kind of, that's on the back burner, so to speak, it will still pander toward, to the same audience. You know, I still want to do something that's kid friendly, something for all ages and, it's going to have that same adventure aspect to it. I'm still going to use my same cast. So it's not like, it's not like uh, anybody's going, it's going to be the end. I, I just won't be playing in somebody else's playground. I'll actually be creating my own, which is uh yeah. And I mean, if you even put half the passion that you put into these fan <laughs> films into your own work, I mean, yeah, I, I'm excited for anything that you do, man. I, I think we, we can all agree we think we're you're going places. So. I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. And the cast that you have for teenagers with with attitude, we've all interacted with them on social media. Mm-hmm. And they're just a great group of people. Oh yeah, they. So, I love those guys. Yeah, they're they're, they're like my family. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that was such a fun episode when we had all of you on. It was. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that was a ton of fun. So you know, I still talk to all of them on Facebook and. You know, just, just the most down to earth, like really cool people. And mm-hmm. yeah, so if they're on board with your other projects, yeah, I don't care if it's Power Rangers or something else. I think it's going to be cool. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Anything else you, you want to say to fans of both of your web series and fan films? Um, I'd like to, well, for starters, I'd like to thank you guys for watching it. Yeah. Be a fan of the page. Facebook.com slash Zordon Fan Film. You can keep up to date on there. If you'd really like to see Teenage Tattoo 2, please show your support by, you know, making a pledge on our Twitter, which you can find the link on our Facebook page. This is not the end. I, I plan to keep going forward, uh, filmmaking and whatnot. So you will see awesome. the lone wolf. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, 
Well, yeah, and uh, we'll definitely include all of those links on our website. Like I said, you're going places, man. I sure as hell hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to work two jobs anymore. I just want to work one job. <laughs> so, uh, Zach, AP, anything uh, you guys want to add before we uh, let Cisco go? You know, I really just want to say I really loved all the all the hard work you put into it, man. I, as a fan of filmmaking myself, I can see that your passion really shows through. And I loved all the Easter eggs, and I loved everything you added to that. And just it was it was a great fan film, and I look forward to seeing uh, hopefully some more teenagers with attitude. Thanks. I just have to second exactly what Zach said. That's not too original, but <laughs> I, I do agree with everything he just said. <laughs> Thanks again, and we'll definitely promote the Kickstarter because I definitely want to see uh, you guys suit up, so to speak. So yeah, yeah, I think that'd be, yeah. I think that's pretty cool. The, the Kickstarter, believe it or not, is like, and the people that I got my quotes from, you know, maybe their prices might have been inflated. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but like, literally, the Kickstarter is, the funding is strictly to completely outfit my cast and crew with costumes that I can get timely, on a timely matter, over half the budget was just for the costumes and props. And, you know, like, Two grand or something like that was has to go to Amazon payments and also Kickstarter. And that was tacked on as like for fees. And the rest right. is transportation for special guests that we've been in talks with to uh, be in the film. And also to pay my cast and my crew food and all that. It's really a, strictly a bare minimum. And it's ridiculous it had to be that high, but if I already had costumes and props and whatnot, I probably only would have needed $4,000 in order to do Teenage Tattoo 2. Which is sad, but it's the way the cookie crumbles, right? That's how it goes. Mm -hmm. We're definitely looking forward to more. Again, thanks for being on the show today. All right. Thanks for having me. Take care, Cisco. Adios. See ya. Hey guys, so we're going to talk about the newest now. <laughs> the worst transition ever. That's terrible. Transition. Uh, in between our last episode release and our new episode, something kind of interesting happened drama-wise. Oh yeah. In Ranger Nation. Umberto Gonzalez of Heroic Hollywood started a ton of drama all about his so-called Power Ranger scoops. He took this upon himself to give Ranger fans the scoop. Like, he's doing the fandom a favor. Mm -hmm. So, he was the one that posted the story of that, like, ridiculous plot summary for the Power Rangers movie. And we can talk a little bit about that. It is the stupidest fanfic tripe. The one that sounds like it came from someone who has never really seen Power Rangers before. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and we know that the writers of this movie, Zach Stentz and Ashley Miller, come on, they've written, like, Thor and all these other big Hollywood impressive movies. This sounds like crap. And I know that they don't write crap. It had freaking Billy, who's supposedly a genius, using Google Earth to find a T-Rex fossil. That cracks me. And the over-product placement of Dave and Buster's, where Zach is being recruited for his athletic skills? What? Yeah. (laughs) And then the whole plot of the bad guy side of it is 
Rita basically becoming a gold thief, <laughs> stealing from banks and stuff to like reform gold on. She's outside flipping one of those cash for gold signs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just so out there. So unbelievable. So he posted this, this Umberto Gonzalez from Heroic Hollywood. And the one person in Ranger Nation that kind of sparked this whole thing was our friend Jacob Brody at Database Ranger. And he said, why do people keep believing at El Miembe of Heroic Hollywood about the Power Rangers movie without a single source? Are we that desperate? So people were questioning him. And then he said, oh, I've got multiple sources. Here's your answer. And, <laughs> and it was like a variety. It was a variety article, article about himself. He didn't about link himself. to any sources at all. He linked you know, to a self-filating article. Yeah, it was a variety mm-hmm. post about film blogs becoming more popular from like last year. And it only mentions him in this small paragraph. And it's like... That's not even how sources work. Yeah, I think he needs a dictionary to understand what the word source means. And then Seamus from Dance Tukarans joined in, and he's like, so your answer for a source is to link a blog about yourself? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, multiple sources you can't name don't inspire much confidence. And then Umberto started saying, oh, you're crazy. No journalist rats out sources. I don't have to prove anything to you. And, like, immediately defensive tone against some people in Ranger Nation that are... I mean, we're all kind of the voices of Ranger Nation here. And, you know, we're the fans that that know what we're talking about. He didn't say anything like, oh, you know, a source from the movie or, you know, a source... Ooh, someone from Lionsgate or, you know, nothing like that. It wasn't like... Hey, we got hints from the production company. Nothing. Not even a vague source. Like, no, no, no. Nothing. And so, Database Ranger... Oh, and we're we're following along on this timeline. I just want to give a shout-out to Mayonnaise Jane, uh, who is actually Database Ranger's fiancé. We're going to include a Storify link that she put together that has collected... All of these tweets the in a single story. Timeline. So, like, if you the if you want to read along at home, go nuts. These are like the exact tweet. So, database ranger responded. He's like, "Hey, past scoops are great, but you make no reference to at Muzak or at Ash Master Zero. Those are the Twitter accounts for the Power Rangers writers." He said, "You make no reference to their script or a Lionsgate leak." And he said. Source confidentiality is understandable, but when no other outlet posts info matching your last Power Ranger story, it raises questions. Mm-hmm. And that's logical thinking. That's right on point. Database Ranger wasn't trolling. It wasn't anything malicious. It was just like, hey, dude, this is how sources work. And then it was at this point, Umberto blocked both uh, Jake and Seamus. Yep. Jake tweeted that clearly his Power Rangers rumors must be legit. And then the database Ranger responded to Ranger board and said, I strongly encourage people to take this news with a grain of salt. This guy cited no sources and blocked two people who asked user Excel hedge. And he actually follows uh, Ranger command. He linked Umberto's post and he tagged us. That's how we got involved in it. He, he tagged Ranger command PH he tagged Ranger Board, and he tagged Talkin' Toku. Kind of like a, hey guys, check out 
what El Miambe said. Mm -hmm. And so we got into it. The only thing I responded in response to him, I said, hey, take this with a grain of salt. No sources or others reporting this. Mm -hmm. Which, again, not trolling. We're just like, Mm -hmm. we're just questioning the legitimacy of Mm -hmm. it. At that point, it's when our friend uh, Scott Sandler at DigiRanger1994, he made some tweets kind of calling El Mayambe out. And, you know, it, it was a little aggressive, but still, it's fair. The tweets were fair. It's about this he, time that, yeah, like, he's he's posting, and I'm, I'm starting to catch this stuff in my feed. Yeah, and you said, just curious, where's your source? This is, could all be your PR fan fiction for all we Yeah, because, like, I read the article, and I read the leak, and, and I put heavier quotes on leak. Yeah. And well, it just it both, seemed... He responded, yeah, he responded to both you and Scott saying that uh, it was illegal to ask for sources. And he actually uh, deleted the response to Scott, but... He responded to you, Zach, and said, for starters, it's illegal at state and federal level to ask a journalist for his sources. And then he linked you to that variety article. same variety article that he linked to before, which is no help. No help at all. And I took that and I posted on my personal Facebook to friends, because I have quite a few journalism friends. And I said, you know, hey, is this in fact illegal? And a lot of them came back saying, no, this isn't like state secrets. This isn't like life or death news. This is an entertainment blog leak. There is no way in heaven or hell that this is illegal. Right. Scott jokes around a lot and, you know, sometimes he he digs at people and, you know, some people can take that joke the wrong way. But he said, how is asking on Twitter illegal? Is it because I asked in English? Uh, Mayonnaise Jane put this note in here. She said, Scott has been taken to task already for resorting to that low crack about English. But if you click through, it's only here because it's relevant to Umberto's later actions. Mm -hmm. DJ uh, Monkey Ranger at Monkey Ranger, he chimed in and responded to all of us. He's like, then don't claim it to be true if you can't corroborate it. And at this point, Umberto went like totally off the rails and started blocking any PR fan that even questioned or was involved in this stream, uh, including Zach, including Excel Hedge, who never even participated in the conversation. He was just informing the Power Ranger news site. He was just showing us the article. Mm-hmm. In a deleted tweet, Umberto actually said and responded to Scott and included Ranger Command and Ranger Board and Excel Hedge mm-hmm. and Talking Toku. He said, Quite frankly, you're an ignorant loser, so go f*** yourself. Hashtag blocked. And so Scott said, this is the level of professionalism you get from Umberto Gonzalez of Heroic Hollywood. Completely untrustworthy. Umberto deleted that post and all other replies to Scott uh, later. But the internet is forever, and everything was screen captured by multiple fans. Mm -hmm. And it was at, at that point where I actually tweeted from Ranger Command. I said, here are the current shield laws protecting reporters and their sources, but it isn't as clear cut as Il Miambe states. Yeah. yeah, journalists are protected from, at least from what I understood, they're protected essentially not purging their sources if they're on trial. And that's the thing, like no, no one's on trial here. You can still protect your source, but at least hint at, you know, where it's coming from. So there's just some 
legitimacy there. Right. So technically, it's not illegal to talk about who your sources are. When something as trivial as this, no. If it were something more serious... I can see yeah. it being a lot more morally gray or legally gray area, but this is a movie freaking this is not important. Um, this is where other pe- it gets yeah. nuts. Like I Yeah, other people yeah. start tweeting in our good friend Leo LRTB underscore II. He said, I think you're going about this all wrong, dude, blocking people for a question. Umberto's like, well, they can't accept the answer I'm giving them. I'm too busy being bothered by ignorance at the moment. So immediately just shutting down the entire fandom. Mm-hmm. It was at this point that Umberto tweeted, uh, here is the cornball I blocked leading the charge. Uh, Digi Ranger 1994. His avatar pick, though. Fanboy Nation shut him down with extreme prejudice. And this is where it goes from simple spat to here is a problem. You cannot go on the internet and have a call to action like this for targeted harassment. The instant you do that, game over, you lost, you're done. Yeah, you lose Mm -hmm. all credibility as a so-called journalist at that point. I don't care if you're like a nerd journalist or, or not. The moment you cross into assaulting your fan base or fans of the show or movie that you're tweeting about. Just his overall behavior was unacceptable. I mean, if you're that insecure about the story that you're reporting, that you immediately block anyone who questions it, that raises several red flags immediately. Mm -hmm. But this pushed it over the top. This, and at Manny's Jane stepped in at this point, and she said, you know, you realize this could be construed as you asking for followers to harass a user for publicly disbelieving you. And uh, even one of his own fans said, yeah, this is true. This is not worth it. Like, you should take the tweet down. And he did delete the tweet. However, as we all have learned already, the internet is forever. And I think you screen capped it, did you not? Oh, I did uh, several people. Yeah. and I I mean, this wasn't just me. This was everyone coming to... Well, everyone in in our fan base Mm -hmm. coming to support DigiRanger because... That's completely unfair. I mean, this is mentality that we've seen before of the worst kind mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this fandom. Oh, God. So basically at that point, other people start catching wind of what's going on and just more questions. Why are you blocking Database Ranger? Why are you blocking Rider Jetfire? Why are you blocking these people? They only asked you a simple question, and Umberto's like, no, they didn't ask me a question. They demanded to know, and nobody in any tweet stated in any fashion that they demanded or that you owe it to us to tell us. They just said, hey, do you have sources beyond nothing? You didn't right. post anything in the story. Wait, Zach, I'm going to have to cut you off right. there. Uh, Toku Nation, yep. breaking news. Breaking news, Legacy Thunder is our first look. Yes, we are recording this on Wednesday night, preview night of San Diego Comic-Con. We released this Saturday, so all this news will be available, but this is our live reaction uh, oh. Toku Nation has just broke the first look at the Legacy uh, Thunder Megazord, uh, and this is incredible, you guys. That is beautiful. Oh my god. This is unbelievable. I gotta retweet the tweet so that it gets out there. Wow. Wow. This is... I'm not even into this Mighty Morphin or Megazords or anything, right. and I will admit that this thing is pretty badass. It is slightly blurry, but the sword's die cast, it has the spear. It's got a a metal chain for the sword that's accurate to the show. 
all of those like what look like decals are going to be painted details. Oh and for this Megazord, it really pops. It looks incredible. Look at the molding on the side of the the unicorn Zord. Oh my god! The mm. the blue wing. I'm sorry, the Pegasus. He was what is he? Yeah, Pegasus? yeah, the Pegasus. Look at or no unicorn. He was the either unicorn. way. Like the, the molding on on the wing uh, looks yeah. amazing. This was the first Megazord that I had when I was a kid that my parents got for me that Christmas. I got like the white tiger Zord. And the Thunder, or what was it called? Like the Thunder Zord team or whatever? Yeah, the Thunder Zord Assault team. Holy cow. This beats that by a long shot. I, I had the Mighty Morphin, the original Dinozord, Megazord. Yeah. And I remember the Christmas I got this, the Thunder Megazord. I love the Thunder Megazord. Like, I, I prefer the Thunder Megazord over the Megazord. It looks great. I'm going to have to get one because holy crap, that looks beautiful. Is it a translucent green resin for the chest? It looks like it. It looks uh, like it's it's jeweled. It looks beautiful. Oh, okay. I am just blown away by this thing. Holy crap. You know what would be awesome? Because look how it's holding the spear. Uh-huh, at the middle? Yeah, Remember in the show that that whole arm spun to do that attack? Yeah, the, the red dragon sword in, in warrior mode could do the spinning staff attack. I'm I'm wondering if that wrist joint is 360 degrees to basically replicate that attack. Oh, I hope it is. Oh, I that would so be hope it is. Incredible. Imagine if that was battery powered. Oh my god. Yeah, and I mean, God, when was the last time we had a, a battery-operated uh, Zord? Probably the Dino Thunder with the tail spinning. Basically, it's been ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know people are getting tired of Mighty Morphin, but, I mean, I'm getting tired of Mighty Morphin Legacy stuff, but, I mean, come on, this is the freaking Thunder Zord. Yeah. Like, I don't care. And you know what's next. We're going to get the the White Falcon. Yeah, the Ninja Megazord is the Megazord I did not have as a kid. Yeah, me neither. And, like, that's the one that I need that Megazord so bad. Uh, let's get back. Back to the news. So where did I leave off? So, yeah, he says that they demanded sources. Nobody really demanded. They were simply asking. At this point, a bunch of people start chiming in. Even Tom, our good buddy Tom from Toku Nation, says... Um, in all seriousness, if you're trying to build your own news reporting site, blocking people left and right is not the way to go. For some reason, El Mayimbe did a dialogue with Tom, I guess because they're from Flushing. Tom, this is said, especially when it comes to Ranger News, having people in the Power Force panel on your side is definitely a plus. And well, in true fashion, he's like, I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah, like... yeah. <laughs> it kept snowballing from there. And it kind of eventually just led to him being like... Well, pretty much it, it was just like, you know, if people are going to complain about it, then I'm not going to report yeah, it. Yeah, it, it basically is the equivalent, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my ball and go home. Yeah. And that is yeah. the absolute lowest you can get. And again, at that point, he starts blocking anyone even remotely. Even people who weren't in the conversation in any kind of fashion to begin with. Of course, yep. we're all familiar with the parody account on twitter is dino charge back every day they post some variation on no and <laughs> the one that they posted was elma imbe said yes but i'm going to need to see his sources and at that point elma imbe blocked the is dino charge back twitter and they <laughs> retweeted or they tweeted a picture of the block and said breaking 
no. And <laughs> that's probably one of my favorites. Of course, our good friend uh, Trollsay chimed in with a great uh, gif. Yeah. What is I, what series is that even? Is that uh, XL from Double? It looks like Wait, it. Wait, let me... Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's XL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no surprise if you look at Trollsay's information. Mm-hmm. I am Trollsay. We, we've said that. What? Before. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we said it before on the podcast, like, the episode after I created the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. But this was like a great gif that was in my Tumblr archive of saved gifs. Mm-hmm. I just love his reaction because it's like, don't ask me questions. Mm-hmm. Like he's yelling it. And <laughs> and I said, I said through troll say, I don't think what El Miambe knows what the definition of the word trolling. Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't ask me questions. Bah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I just had to poke fun at him i i even tweeted through troll say i said el miambe the ultimate troll say right finally on. we got four days after all this blew over uh zach stents at muzak said power ranger fans i'm not really trying to be a dick by not responding to all your tweets but i am legally unable to say anything so, you know if you're any fan with at least some decent common sense you know that Anyone tied to this movie is legally obligated under a non-disclosure agreement mm-hmm. not to reveal any details. Mm-hmm. That's why I call bullshit on Umberto's leak to begin with. Because I don't think anyone on that cast in that movie or crew of that movie would sacrifice their position to be in this movie or to work on this movie just to give some fanboy spoiler news guy a scoop on Power Rangers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So anyways, the other tweet that went out was from Ashley Edward Miller at Ashmaster Zero. His first tweet said, I would like to take this opportunity to dispel any rumors that Muzak and I are writing the forthcoming Hello Kitty film adaptation. (laughs) And his second tweet said, also, it's possible that the story scoop on the Power Rangers script could be more inaccurate, but it's highly unlikely that it could be. So basically just saying, yeah, that whole thing is a load of bull. Don't believe everything you read, folks, especially on the internet. AP, what are your thoughts? Looking at the store vibe, okay, I'm going to have to agree with what our pal um, Joshua Aaron Moore was saying. He's um, Mm. at Kentucky Jam on Twitter, and he's like an actual journalist. But um, he was basically saying, I have no doubt you've got sources given your track record, given the business you cover, why you would withhold them, which I 100% agree with that. Why he would withhold sources if he did have them is perfectly acceptable. And he literally does have no obligation to tell anybody about them. But Joshua was saying, basically, he chose instead of responding like, maturely or just like a professional yeah instead of responding professionally maturely saying like hey i got this from a crew member or i can't tell you this because i'm sworn to confidentiality or something like handling it like a professional would he chose to degrade people and block people and basically not back anything up and expect people to just believe him and yeah that's And he's relying on people to believe him just based on his past, quote-unquote, successes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But even his past track record is 
pretty spotty. I remember one instance where he said, uh, yeah, after the Avengers, they're going to do a Planet Hulk movie. And that bullshit. And that never came to pass. You can't just go making wild claims and then hope that, oh, one in every ten hits, you know? Yeah. uh, It's a whole thing. Basically, this whole thing with Heroic Hollywood, this whole drama, I just think based off his responses and the way that he handled this situation, there's no way that I'm going to take this with any grain of truth. Mm -hmm. And... Even if it is true, I still would never follow this guy at all or visit his website or even promote it. Because if that's how he's going to treat certain fandoms and people, and it seems like a pattern from him from just, you know, researching his Twitter. I mean, he pisses off a lot of people. And if that's the type of shock journalism that you want to participate in, Mm. I'm not going to have any part of it. Mm Mm-hmm. To me, that loses all credibility, and it's that kind of stuff that I just don't subscribe to. I'd rather get it from reputable people that aren't going to talk down to their potential viewers or subscribers. Finally, before we wrap this all up, uh, I just wanted to give some contest updates. Uh, We still have the hunt for AP going on. (laughs) The hunt for secret Ranger fan. It got pretty close last night. Or the night before really? or something. Yeah. Um, Sean, um, at Snarky Sean on Twitter, he was literally on at the same time as I was the entire time oh, trying oh, to oh. find me. But <laughs> he kept getting put into a different lobby the entire time. So <laughs> it oh, was like, wow. he was like on my tail the entire time before I had to log off. But, Close, but no cigar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have the hunt for AP going on. Mm-hmm. It's still going on. It's ongoing until someone finds her. Yep. I've got some ideas for the prize. In August, Shout Factory is releasing the full uh, season of Lightspeed Rescue as a standalone DVD set. So I think we might we might give that away for this prize in addition to some other that things. That makes the most yeah. sense <laughs> of any prize. It, it really does. I mean, <laughs> if it's a contest about AP. I mean, gonna, yeah, exactly. Come on. also we are releasing this episode on saturday july 11th so a week from today our contest ends for our summer of nostalgia 2 contest Uh, we are giving away a complete set of wave 2 2015 uh, ranger keys and this includes like the time force b set the ultra rare uh, in space B set and all of these other uh, series that have that include the sixth Ranger keys. Yeah, we're giving that away. It's just like our first summer of nostalgia contest. All you have to do is make sure you're following us on Twitter and then retweet the original prize tweet and you'll be entered into this contest. It's the summertime. The hiatus is in full swing. Uh, we just want to give back by uh, having prizes that are related to past series. That's kind of my thinking on that. It's a good plan. So, well, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, again, we want to thank Cisco Davis Jr. for joining us on the show today. Please, if you can, uh, if you like Teenagers with Attitude, if you like Zordon of Eltar, uh, definitely consider 
contributing to his Kickstarter. He's got a lot of great perks on there. I think what they're doing is pretty good in terms of fan films. They've already delivered two quality uh, pieces of fan films, which is pretty rare for this fandom to have such a high caliber of fan work and to be released in a timely manner. I think that's uh, pretty cool and to have a good story to back it up. Mm -hmm. So Cisco and his cast members have been super nice to us. And, you know, I just want to wish them luck on their fan film. So hopefully they can make a third and uh, Cisco can then retire to go on to bigger things. (laughs) Ranger nation. Let us know what you think. If you have questions, email us at rangercommandph at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. And until next time, we'll see you guys later. And holy crap, that San Diego stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> holy shit. That's some, that's some good news right there. <laughs> Boy, howdy, that was some good news. Uh, I don't know why that came out so country, but it did. <laughs> that's some damn fine news you got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. No, where's AP? We need a, an addendum to the podcast. Come on, AP. Hey. The name's UIP. What are you doing? Where are you? Where are you? What is he doing? What are you doing there? Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who is your daddy and what does he do? Chip was like, there's no bad episodes this season. (laughs) I love that he was like, hey, you may think we're leaving something out, but we're going to trick you. You're going to be surprised. And how about that uh, super mode? Yeah, Dino Drive mode looks awesome. Like, to see it live in person, that's awesome. That trailer, though. Trailer's good. We got to see all of the extra rangers have dino drive mode, too. Yeah, that's awesome. That excites me. That was a pretty good panel. I've never been more excited for upcoming Power Rangers episodes. When Ship was like, there are episodes coming up that will make you say that that was the best episode of Power Rangers ever. That gets me excited. Because the stuff we've had from Dino Charge so far has already been better than the last five, six years. Absolutely. And every episode, even from the first episode, it just keeps getting better and better. I know Chip isn't going to say anything like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, this is going to be an okay season. So I really wonder how much hype there is. But the way that Chip was passionately talking about this, I have to believe him. Yeah. I have to believe everything he said. In Chip, we trust. August 29th. Didn't we pretty much call that? Yeah, we made reference when, I forget which episode it was, but we were talking about our predictions. We were debating like early September, late August, and so now we have our answer. That looked like new footage of gold. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Because I don't think gold debuted in a quarry. (laughs) Wow, Toku Nation got some sweet pictures of the dino drive. Yeah, they did. I just got to the end of their photos. That looks incredible. They look ridiculously awesome. And and those are completely new helmets because the mouths are wider. The the mouths of the dinosaurs are wider, like they're oh yeah, like they, they're screeching. Yeah, they definitely look bigger. How expensive is this season? Like, what is happening? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> You're like, I, I don't. I, yeah, 
I can't, I, I, huh? Go, go, Power Rangers. Where the hell is AP? <laughs> Even my girlfriend's like, that's so awesome. She responded to Power Rangers trailer tweet that they did. She said, that's so awesome. I can't wait. Tricky B47 will be very pleased with me. Winky face. And I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah. No, my, my girlfriend actually likes Dino Charge. You got yourself one fine lady, sir. Yeah, um, she's a keeper. She, but not <laughs> that keeper. <laughs> Eric, I thought we were going out this weekend. My keeper voice yeah, no. is not as good as Chris's. Hello. Hey. She lives. Oh, okay. Holy right. Yeah. like what is even happening what is even life okay so now that ap's here so this is an addendum to our episode i'm gonna kill myself editing this thing (laughs) it is july 9th the power rangers san diego comic-con dino charge panel with the cast and chiplin has ended about a half hour ago we're all online. Shout out to Toku Nation for their live tweets and a huge props to the official Power Rangers account for also live tweeting the panel. And a bigger shout out uh, to uh, Katie. Wait, what was it? Katie Wilson? Yeah, the Katie Wilson on Twitter, I think. To at the Katie Wilson on Twitter for periscoping the entire thing, which was basically the only way that non. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con attendees or non-attendees could even watch it. Uh, so it was amazing. So uh, Togo Nation just posted an article. This pretty much sums up uh, all the news right here. So I'm just going to read a bit from that. Um, the core cast of Five Rangers and Claire uh, were there. Uh, Yoshi did a flip. Uh, Camille was punching the air. Uh, there was some basic info about the actors, about how uh, this was some of their first San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, everyone discussed their favorite seasons of the franchise. I love the answers. Time Force was mentioned. RPM was mentioned. Uh, even Mighty Morphin. Uh, there was some insight on how Yoshi uh, went from fan to become a stunt actor to now a full-blown Power Ranger. And um, (laughs) there's this funny story about James being uh, a terrible tour guide in his native New Zealand. And he's like, oh, yeah, there's this great restaurant. It's called Denny's. And I I was, like, cracking up with that. I don't know if you guys... (laughs) I don't know if you guys heard that. Then Chip Lynn was there, along with the other executive producer, uh, Brian Castantini... And Chip basically said that future episodes, uh, we will see more Rangers and that the joke is on us because things that we thought that they missed, they didn't. And according to him, quote, there are no bad episodes this season. And he said in no certain terms that when this season is done, you are going to say they were some of the best episodes of Power Rangers ever. I believe it. I believe it. And and there was a fall Dino Charge episodes trailer 
Dino Charge returns August 29th, uh, much like we anticipated in an earlier episode when we were speculating about this. Because I remember it was in one of our Ranger Nation ask questions that we got from one of our listeners. And we pretty much speculated it would be towards the end of August. And then there was the 2016 Dino Supercharged trailer that was showing at the Licensing Expo a, a few weeks ago. Then, I think the biggest reveal of all was the suits, the Dino Drive suits in person at the show. They look freaking incredible. Yeah. yeah I, they looked a lot better than I thought they would. I love them. I loved them when we first got the reveal of the toy forms back at uh, Toy Fair earlier in the year. Yeah. And I was so excited to see that they made the transition from just being a, another toy to being actually in the show and having a purpose in the show. Well, not only that, this uh, the new fall trailer revealed that uh, Purple and Graphite are also going to get the Dino Drive mode. So that's potentially 10 Rangers that are going to have a new mode. It's just, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's nuts. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm in shock. I can't believe it. There was so much that was packed in that trailer. New footage of the Gold Ranger reveal. I'm super hyped. Me too. (laughs) um, I'm looking at the Tokenation photos from the trailer I'm noticing a shot where all the villains are walking up, and I'm noticing a very obvious absence from that shot. Uh, Who's that? Sledge is nowhere to be found. It is Wrench, it is Fury, uh, it is Poisandra, and it is... Oh, uh, see, the villains are more dangerous. Yeah, and there's that There's that walk-up. Yeah. There's some new general, Wrench, Fury, Poisandra, Kirio... And a whole bunch of Vivics behind Yeah, that's not... Uh, those aren't generals. Those are the... In Kyuryuju, they were the Cambistian minions. They were basically okay. super-powered minions um, that were formed from everybody's emotion. Oh. And so they're just going to be powered-up mooks, I think. But interesting that we see them, but we don't see Sledge at all. Yeah, and in the next shot, they show three other monsters kind of posing but one of them is the the ice monster from the first episode Hmm. so somehow they get resurrected again in the sentai he was part of a trio of brothers called the extinction brothers one was the meteorite one was the ice age Mm -hmm. and one was like a plague yeah i think it was the, the plague one interesting if they maybe revive him somehow or yeah, right, uh, the next shot, they say the Energems are more powerful, and there's a shot of uh, one of the Energems, like, kind of springing from a fountain, and Fury's like, what? It's an Energem. And then there's another shot where Sledge is holding an Energem, mm-hmm. which, like, uh-oh, I think that means we're getting that Talon Ranger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot all about Power yeah. Ranger. Yep. Holy <laughs> shit. Then the trail. Yeah. It's like, oh, open up. Like, I'm pausing this and looking at everything. Yeah. Uh, then the trailer says some secrets are so big, and then they'll change everything. There's a shot of this gold explosion and the gold ranger being revealed inside a quarry, mm-hmm. which is all new footage. Shots of a male Violet Ranger saving Keeper inside Sledge's oh. ship. Yes, 
there's the keeper inside Sledge's ship and the uh, purple ranger. At some point, keeper gets kidnapped. And maybe someone gets kidnapped with him where they're able to bond with an Energem and they become the Purple Ranger. So that was amazing. I'm wondering who it is, though. If it's a male saving him on the ship, who is it? But... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a, a shot of Sledge being like, oh, another Ranger. Yeah. I'm a bad guy. And then they're like, oh, it's the Graphite Ranger. What? Then the next thing was uh, Chase saying, but I'm the hot shot. Like, so yeah. are we getting another hot shot? That'd be interesting. I like, although I do like the, the footage of Claire cross between Indiana Jones and Evie from the mummy outfit that she's got on. <laughs> she's got like a fedora on like Indiana Jones, but she totally oh. looks like Evie from the mummy. Yeah, I did like that hat that Claire had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind I kind of laughed when I saw that. <laughs> it's it's she's prepping for mayor. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's the mayor hat. Here's here's what I like. Um, yeah, with this footage, we will be getting the evil version of the Terra Charge Megazord, um, as noted by the big black cloak that he has. Because yeah. it was only used when uh, Fury's Sentai counterpart had control of that mecha. Well, here's the thing. Here's where I think they're going to incorporate it. Because in the shots of it flying around, it had like some purple energy. Mm-hmm. It's the same purple energy that had that hypnotizing monster that hypnotized Chase. And remember when he blew up, Sledge saved that part because it still had magic that he could use later. Mm-hmm. I'm oh. thinking with that's how he takes control of the Terra Charge Megazord. That would be interesting. Yeah. It's kind of predictable. I mean, you can kind of piece it if you've been paying attention to the show, but that's not what happened in the Sentai. That's an original storyline. That's amazing. That, and that's why I why I like Chip being back because he's doing what he did in Time Force. He's making or, you know, in some of his other seasons, he's making the footage work for the story and not being a slave to the Sentai. Mm-hmm. And that's freaking brilliant. Mm-hmm. In Chip We Trust. In Chip We Trust. <laughs> but that, that, the cape on the Megazord and like it being all dark and stuff, that really impressed me. I never got to that point in Kyoruger, but. I love evil Megazords. I think that's so cool. Yeah. yeah, it's it was really fun. I think it was only around for like one or two episodes, but it's a ton of fun when they do something like that, and I, I hope that it translates really well, or they, they have their own, you know, like, like you said, original take on it, which will be interesting to see. Yeah. And then we got to see all the new Megazord formations with the Plesiozord, and there was some kind of galactic blast thing that they do. And then... The big shot in the cockpit with all of them in Dino Dry mode, and then the reveal date, August 29th. And it's interesting... Perfect trailer. That, uh, you pointed this out before, and I, I didn't really see it, but now I do see it. The Dino Drive mode, when they're in the cockpit, doesn't have yeah. the leg armor, doesn't have the mouthless visor. What I'm thinking they're going to do is, that's kind of like their base mega mode, 
But when they supercharge, that's when the added armor gets added onto it. Yeah. The helmets change, and they go maybe even to a higher super drive mode. The fact that there's, like, two extra sets of costumes for ten rangers, that's expensive. Yeah. like And yeah. a whole new cockpit... They are spending some serious money on this show. Which is good, because you know what? It shows when the production value increases, you're going to get a return on your investment. Again, the the few episodes we've already had of this show this season have blown away everything from the last five or so years. Yeah. Absolutely. No question. 100%. And for Chip to say that there are going to be episodes coming up that will make you say, these are some of the best episodes, period? I mean... I mean, come on, he was in charge of arguably one of the most fan-acclaimed seasons, which was In Space. Mm-hmm. And to say that, you know, him saying that these new episodes are going to be better than that, uh, come on. Yeah, it's it's nuts, and I'm so looking forward to it. And, like, yeah. there is so much coming up this fall where I'm just like, can I get put into cryogenic sleep, please? Because <laughs> just wake me up last weekend of August and then I'll have Dino Charge, and then I'll have Doctor Who in September, and then I'll have Fallout in November, and everything will be perfect. Uh, 2015 is exploding. Yeah. yeah. And 16, 2016 is going to be even more incredible, especially with Power Morphicon. It's going to be supercharged. It's going to be, oh. like, totally supercharged, guys. <laughs> That's my turn for the grown-up indifference. Okay. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH and like us on Facebook.com. Slash Ranger Command Power Hour. This is Trekkie B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour, and you are listening to the Four Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks. This has been another great presentation by the 4 Radio Network. You can find more information at foureyedradio.com.